What's up, guys? So in this episode, I want to get straight into the uh, basically just the game reviews of Monday Night Football's games between the Chiefs and Bills and the Cardinals and uh, Cowboys. So obviously, I was dead wrong on both of these games last night. If you listen to my um, preview slash breakdown of each game. Um, so let's get right into the Chiefs-Bills game and kind of figure out what happened there and what we should expect moving forward for both these teams. So number one, coming into the game, Josh Allen was seeing the ninth uh, fewest pressure of any quarterback in the NFL at just 18%. Kansas City, as I mentioned yesterday in, in the yesterday's podcast, was 10th in sacks and they were generating the fourth most pressure. Well, Kansas City was able to get a ton of quick pressure on Josh Allen and that was you know, obviously impactful. And when they did not, or when they were not able to get pressure, they were able to, to make Josh Allen hold the football. And part of that is because Josh wants the big play so much because he's been having so much fun through those first four games that he's kind of become a little bit um, reliant on the big play and just using that big old arm of his. And the other part of that is because they were able to confuse him at times with the way they do such a really great job of mixing it up on the back end. And when you're a defense that can rush with four or maybe, you know, and, and they will blitz, don't get me wrong, but when you're a defense that can get pressure with just four and just play coverage on the back end, if you know that a guy or that a, a quarterback is trying to beat you deep all the time, then it's almost like the perfect matchup for you because you're not going to let that happen. And they're coached well enough and schemed well enough on the back end uh, and just on the defense in general to not let that happen. So it was a bad matchup from that standpoint, and that's something that I'll learn from and, and uh, kind of factor into to what my evaluations are moving forward. Um, but overall, this Kansas City defense is very good. It's a championship-caliber defense. And, and just from the simple fact that they stopped the run yesterday, 10 carries for Singletary for 32 yards – Moss had five for 10, so that's a combined 15 carries for 42 yards from the two running backs. Um, when you're able to hold your running opposing running backs against you to under three yards, and you're also able to play coverage on the back end and get consistent pressure on the quarterback, I mean, hey, that is really impressive stuff, and that's a recipe to win against any offense, number one. Um, number two, and just a really a side note, um, Traverius Ward was back, and that's something I didn't even realize going into the game. But man, that guy, I was singing his praises going uh, this offseason leading up to this season as he was one of the better uh, corners in the game. And because his stats just showed it last year, but when I was watching him in Diggs, even on the touchdown that Diggs caught on him, he was right in Diggs's hip pocket. And when Diggs ran that little, um, the, the certain route against him, he was able to stop and go with Diggs and keep um, in, in himself in a really good position. So that was impressive. He's a really good corner, and it's big for them that they do that they have him back. Um, Josh Allen did hurt them with his legs a few times. Um, he ran eight times for forty-two yards, and that may have been something they should have looked to go back to because if you're if you're Buffalo and they Buffalo was able to run the football with. Uh, success, especially I think it was in the second quarter, maybe late first quarter, Singletary had ripped off several runs in a row. And that led to, I believe that led to their their touchdown. Um, and then it was like, they just decided to not go back to it. You know, I, I mean, I'd like to see the splits of Singletary's carries between first half of the game and second half, because 
it didn't seem like they had any interest in running the ball in the second half. And, and Kansas City had all the interest in, in continuing their run game and continuing to hurt the um, the, the Buffalo Bills in that regard. So um, on the Bills' defensive side of the ball, the Bills' plan and the plan that I basically had for them were identical. The problem is Andy Reid saw that coming, and he decided basically to consistently make them tackle Clyde with a light box because they're playing two safeties up most of the time and a wet football field, which proved to be a very disasterful situation, especially when Buffalo pretty much lost consistently up front against the Chiefs offensive line. So it was it was very similar to the game against the Texans, uh, the opener game where they were just like able to consistently win their matchups up front, the offensive line. And, and um, Clyde was able to basically to, to get to the second level with tons of green grass around him. I mean, literally, when he would get through the initial hole and get into the second level, just look at all the grass around him. Like, go back and watch the highlights. You'll see Clyde slithers through the first hole, and there's eight, nine-yard radius of just open grass around him. And that obviously is because of scheme and because of the way the Bills were playing defense in general. They The Bills were playing defense the exact same way the Chiefs played defense against the Bills, except the Chiefs didn't lose their battles up front most of the time. I mean, they did, but they made more impact plays, more tackles for loss that kind of discouraged the Bills from running the ball more. Whereas the Bills were not able to make those plays until I believe the last uh, second to last offensive drive for Kansas City and the Chiefs defense, because they have studs up front and Frank Clark and Chris Jones and those type of guys, they were and even Taco Charlton's playing well and Tano passing yo, they were able to win their matchups up front and hold up for their so they didn't have to rely on packing down the box because once you start doing that against the against either of these teams that's when bad things can happen so if you if you're able to defend the run and generate pressure with four or maybe just five guys then you are really in a in a position to play really good coverage on the back end and to to hold up well so the chiefs were able to do that and the bills just were not you know so for the most of the game um, I think Andy Reid mixed up the the run calls beautifully. And like I said, the offensive line dominated. Look, when the offensive line sees that you as Andy Reid, when you have a healthy Patrick Mahomes, run the ball 46 times to only 26 pass attempts, man, that's like a boost of confidence uh, from, you know, from like your dad that kind of just generates that confidence that really shows you like hey i believe in you guys go win your matchups and that they're like just big um happy men when that happens so that was that was cool to see and i think overall this game showed more good about the chiefs than it did bad about the bills um and i know a lot of people are going to be asking the question of like should we be worried about josh allen like this that and the other look the honest to god the only adjustment that is needed for josh allen is for him is just stop relying on the big play. I mean, he was basically cruising through the first four games of this season and nothing but good things were said about him because really he was pushing the ball deep down the football field and he was doing it with incredible success and great accuracy. And it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think 
I, for one, was expecting the Buffalo Bills to use that to their advantage and and work the run game off of it the same exact way that Andy Reid did last night, where the Bills are like so worried about playing coverage and and not letting anything deep happen to against them in the past game that the Chiefs just were able to consistently pound the football. And even when they did 20 plus times, you know, in it for the game, 46 runs, even when they did it that many times, the Bills still didn't feel comfortable loading the box, you know, and that's the big advantage you have when you're able to kind of back up opposing defenses the way that the Bills should have been. I mean, the Bills have been able to, and the Chiefs have been able to for years now. So the only issue is the Bills need the Bills coaching staff needs to consistently run the football more. And in terms of Josh Allen, he needs to, when they do call pass plays in those situations, when when there's nothing available deep, you can't just stare at it and wait for it to develop because sooner or later, and especially when you're playing against these good defenses like Kansas City, you aren't gonna have the time and you aren't there's just not gonna be somebody open deep all the time so you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to take what the defense gives you and if you look at what the Chiefs offense did they were able to happily take what the defense gave them and not really force anything deep like it was a lot of underneath quick passes for most of the game until the last minute of something else I want to touch on is uh the last um basically the last offensive drive for Kansas City where Patrick Mahomes they, the Buffalo Bills defense finally holds up in, against the run and they make some plays, uh, tackles for loss, and they get Kansas City in, a, I believe it was a third and 11 situation. And unfortunately, they lose contain on Mahomes. He breaks out, he rolls out to the right, and he's just so excited when he broke contain. You could just tell by the way he was looking down the field, he was so excited, and he found whoever the receiver was. I can't remember if it was Pringle or Robinson, but it was on a basically backyard football. That's what Pat wants to do, you know, and, and whether that is um, good or bad right now is, is irrelevant because once he breaks contain, it's over. You know what I mean? It's, it's may not be good for his long-term development as a quarterback. It may not be uh, the most quote unquote high level quarterbacking, but it doesn't matter because once he gets outside the pocket, you're in big, big trouble. I mean, there's really nothing you can do. So like, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to catch him when when he when you lose contain and he's rolling out you're not going to be able to catch him and by the time he runs out of real estate he's either going to run up field and, and gain five to ten yards and sometimes more or he's going to do what he did and complete i believe it was a 36 yard pass play on third and 11 with basically the game on the line so that was absolutely crucial in this game and for the most part, other than that, when the Chiefs did pass the ball, the Bills did a solid job of um, keeping Mahomes inside the pocket. Like they, their pass defense overall, even though Kansas City was very efficient, that's because Kansas City took what was given to them. Um, and Pat completed a very high percentage of his passes, but he didn't have a crazy statistical game. And it was mainly because Buffalo just made up their mind that look if you want to if you want to run the ball 46 times and beat us that way then go ahead and do it but that's all we're going to give you and Kansas City just did that you know so but overall I think if the Buffalo Bills were to play the Chiefs again this week I, I really believe their defensive plan would would pretty much be the same 
I think maybe mix it up and bring a little bit more pressure on Pat in certain situations, but not many. I mean, not a lot because uh, you don't want to do what the Ravens did. I mean, look, what, for example, if you look at what the Ravens did and if you look at what the Buffalo Bills did, which one would you rather have? Like, which defensive plan would you rather lose with? You know what I mean? Even if you know you're going to lose. I'd much rather lose to the run game and and um, make Kansas City earn it just because if you're able to win more matchups one-on-one up front, then you will be able to potentially stop this offense more. Um, it That's really what it all comes down to is, is Kansas City and Buffalo essentially had the same game plan defensively for each other. Um, the Chiefs just proved to be the more mature offense and they proved to be the more patient offense and more prepared for that to more prepared to capitalize against that defensive strategy. And if you're able to win those matchups up front, when teams do run the ball, which we saw Kansas city was able to do with Singletary and Moss combining for 15 carries for 42 yards, that right there is usually going to lead to good things because that's going to mean that the bills or whoever the offense is, is passing again, right into the teeth of what you're doing defensively. And, and when you're, when you're able to generate pressure and play great coverage down the field, that is going to be tough to pass on. So overall, I think that bills fans should not really be concerned. I just think that they need to expect for their um, offensive coaching staff to improve the, you know, kind of just the way they call the game and, and run the ball more. They need to give Singletary the ball a lot more. Just 10 carries in that game is unacceptable, especially when he was running very effectively for a uh, a pretty significant portion of that game. So um, I know he had some tackles for loss there against him that, that kind of ruined his average, but they definitely should have kept going with him and, and giving him the football. So that that part I think will come and I think Buffalo just gets to be more patient as a coaching staff and Josh Allen as a quarterback but overall I think they'll be okay but Kansas City Chiefs dominant defense they are playing tremendous complimentary football right now and they are obviously very dangerous Super Bowl defending champions so um, now let's move right on to this Cardinals Cowboys game so for some weird reason when you like read about this game or you see something on Twitter about it. You see that basically if you didn't know better, you would have thought that Kyler Murray had a like five touchdown, you know, 350 yard game last night. But the reality is he completed like 35% of his passes. And if it wasn't for, if we just removed the 80 yard touchdown pass that he threw, which I'm not saying remove it, like don't give him credit for it. It was a great play and he deserves credit for it. But what I'm saying is to to contextualize his play for the rest of the night, he only averaged a 4.7 yards per pass attempt. Okay. That's very, very bad. Like if anybody ever averaged that for a season, people would be saying to get them out of the NFL, they're not a starting caliber quarterback. And that's kind of, what we've seen from this Cardinals offense overall. And similarly to how I said I kind of successfully predicted the Bills' defensive strategy against the Chiefs, I essentially predicted one aspect of the Cowboys' defensive strategy against the Cardinals, and that was by any means necessary, take DeAndre Hopkins out of the game. And they did that for the most part. I know I know Hopkins caught that long one late uh, on the catch and run ball, but he just had two catches for on eight targets. So two catches for 73 yards. So that's a lot of yards, which was ended up being second on the team. Um, 
on eight, two of eight targets. So that's acceptable if you're a Cowboy, uh, you know, coach. If you're a Cowboy fan, you are fine with that. You know, only two catches on eight targets. So that part of it is okay. And I think that the the strategy of making sure to take DeAndre Hopkins out of the game, basically, again, by any means necessary, I think that's a strategy that we will see moving forward from other teams. So um, side note, maybe you sell DeAndre Hopkins high right now because um, I think that why wouldn't more defenses do this to them in the future when other than the one big play to Drake, the Arizona passing offense didn't show that they have much of an answer for teams that are going to just take away DeAndre Hopkins. So like they weren't able to get Isabella going. They weren't able to get a high volume of Christian Kirk going in response to that. Um, They just, you know, Kirk had basically another two catches for like six yards. And then the one 80, 80 yarder, which like I said, the 80 yarder is awesome and everything, but overall um, the Dallas defense did a pretty good job. And I think that more teams will try to deploy that strategy of just basically doubling Hopkins on every single snap. And uh, so when we switch over to the Arizona Cardinals defense, they looked awesome. They looked very good and very fast. Um, They look like a defense to where the game is kind of slowing down for them or the system is slowing down for them and they know what they're doing. And that was even without Chandler Jones, which was very um, impressive. Andy Dalton may, if any, if he's not doing anything else, he may be making Dak Prescott some money. <laughs> he may be helping Dak Prescott with his contract negotiations because I think we saw, and I think we all know that if Dak was playing, this would be a totally different game. So that part of it works well for Dak, which is cool. Cause I didn't want to see people saying, you know, ridiculous statements about how Andy Dalton could replace Dak and Dak's not all that great. Cause Dak is really becoming a great player. Um, okay, and the turning point in this game, I felt like, was the Michael Gallup drop touchdown pass at the end of the first half. Look, at that point, I think it was, I think it was 21-0. It might have been 14-0, but I think it was 21-0. And Gallup on third down gets hit in the hands. Now it wasn't the easiest catch in the world to his defense a little bit, but it was a very catchable ball. On third down, Andy Dalton put it right in his hands, and he dropped it. And it would have been a touchdown. He was in the end zone. He had you know, beat his man. He was open, and he just did not catch the football. So that drop right there ultimately proved to be something that they really couldn't afford. Like, when you have a great quarterback, you can make certain mistakes that other teams can't make. And the Dallas Cowboys don't have that great quarterback right now. They have Andy Dalton, who's a solid player. But they're, they're used to having Dak Prescott, who could literally, we've seen Dak make 28-point comebacks in the fourth quarter. you know. And when, when you don't have that kind of guy playing quarterback for you, you can't make drops like that, right? And so Michael Gallup doing that, basically, in my opinion, at that point in time, essentially was ball game, right? Like Because it just proved to be too much for them to overcome in the second half. And it led to more mistakes. So um, I want to jump back over to the Arizona offensive side of the ball real quick and and just touch on Kenyon Drake. So unlike Kyler Murray, Drake was consistent the entire game. If you take away Drake's 69-yard touchdown run, he still averaged five yards a carry. And that was 19 uh, carries. So 19 other carries that he still averaged about five or maybe a little bit more than five yards a carry on. And he still had the big play two touchdowns um, on the ground for the night. 
Drake finally had the big game that we were basically hoping and praying for if we uh, drafted him like I did in the second round. And um, he, he finally had that game. So the Cowboys defense did play better in general, but they were not very good against the run still. So that part of it is pretty um, discouraging. Although, just generally speaking, if you looked at their defense's effort as a whole, right, considering how bad their offense was and how often their offense just gave the ball back to the Cardinals uh, offense, they, um, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, they, the Cowboys basically had two awful plays defensively. They had the, they gave up the 80-yard touchdown to Kirk and the 69-yard run to uh, Kenyon Drake. Other than that, the run defense was not great, but it wasn't like dreadful, right? And I mean, it was it was bad still, but overall, it was an improvement from the uh, overall effort and the production from the defensive side of the ball. So from that standpoint, Cowboy fans should have some optimism. And there is also one more gigantic reason for Cowboy fans to be optimistic, and that is the fact that you play in the NFC East and you're still in first place because the Eagles lost. The Washington football team lost and the Giants won, but that was only their first win of the, of the season. And um, yeah, so your Dallas Cowboys, after a 38 to 10 beatdown in Dallas, are still in first place. And so I think that Andy Dalton will improve as he gets more comfortable with his team and his new system and everything like that. I think he will improve. Remember, he didn't have any preseason, you know, so it's not like he really knows what's going on. He wasn't a guy that was getting a ton of reps when when Dak was healthy because Dak was a starter and the starters get all the reps, you know. So um, I think we should expect some, at least some improvement from Andy Dalton as the as the season progresses. And I think there will be better days for Ezekiel Elliott. You know that that was super um, unfortunate for for Zeke to fumble the ball in back to back possessions like that which essentially started the unraveling of the game because the Cardinals started the game off with three straight three and outs, I'm pretty sure, um, or definitely three straight punts. So when your defense forces three straight punts in a scoreless first quarter, um, you know, if they don't make those mistakes, and, and normally the, that won't happen, right? That won't, Zeke won't fumble on back-to-back possessions. Gallup won't drop the touchdown pass. Andy won't throw, you know, some, some questionable – Uh, potential picks and picks. So those are all things that you should have some optimism on moving forward if you're a Cowboy fan. And look, man, there's no shame in being first place in your division if you have a bad division. Like, who cares? If you start, if this Cowboy team and Andy Dalton get hot at the right time and they finish as like a a seven and nine team, but they win the division or or an eight and eight or nine and seven team and they win the division, there's no reason why they can't win a playoff game, maybe even two, if they get things rolling and uh, get hot at the right time. So who cares if you you know, you know have a bad record and all that stuff? And uh, and last thing I want to touch on in regards to this game is the, um, the memes that are coming out with that one guy that was at the game basically crying in the stands and his girlfriend trying to cheer him up. That was symbolic of to what I would imagine every Cowboy fan was feeling last night. And... Uh, Hey, the dude's got a good girlfriend, so shout out to her. So anyways, guys, I appreciate you once again listening to the podcast. And um, please, if you if you appreciate the podcast, consider giving it a share with somebody you know um, that might appreciate football. And other than that, I will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening.